Hey everyone! Just when you thought I forgot, I didn't. I'm back. A few weeks away does not stop us. So, this is Bluey Truth, and I'm attorney Shirley Skyers Thomas, your host. We explore a simple question of what equity looks and feels like from varying perspectives. The content offered in this segment is personal reflection and interpretation. The views of my guests are not necessarily the views of Fluid Truth or Quinnipiac University. For clarity, this conversation has been edited. I'm sharing the conversation of two amazing guests, Mr. Maurice Morgan and Mr. Daryl Cotton. These two driven and brilliant men were able to connect with me due to some work projects. When I asked them to sit down and talk with me about their perspectives, they did not hesitate. We have them on the second Fluid Truth Roundtable but this one's the men's edition. Without much warming up, we jumped right into what it looks and feels like for Black men, particularly from a perspective of economic equity. This is the conversation to come back to, and you have it right here, Affluent Truth. It's nice to be back. All right, welcome to Fluid Truth. I have two amazing gentlemen with me this evening, and I'm so excited to jump into conversation. I have Mr. Daryl Cotton and Mr. Maurice Morgan. Gentlemen, how are you? Glad to have you. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. We appreciate the opportunity. Always and always. I would never sneeze at an opportunity to get some talent in the room and really kind of school me on what's going on. So I start with you. Like, what's going on? Talk to me about equity in the black community, particularly for black men at this time. Let me start with you, Daryl. What do you see? <clears throat> well, to start off, I really don't think a lot of black people, black young men, know what equity really is. Um, you know, I think just of how we were raised and kind of how we kind of were. Um, we started behind as a, a black community. You know, white people, they have kind of such a... Uh, a better understanding. I wouldn't say white people, other races have a better understanding of what equity truly is. And I think we kind of um, are not as educated um, as we should be on what equity is. And so, um, yeah, that's just kind of what I see. Uh, you know, you see a lot of people of color um, living mainly off of like new money. Uh, I think equity has to do uh, with a lot of. Uh, like I said, old money, um, money that's been stretched from a long period of time. Um, and, you know, luckily to today, the, the, the opportunities that we're getting, um, I believe that we're getting a lot more opportunities to make that long money stretch into long equity for generational equity. I'll put it like that. So that's just kind of what I'm seeing so far. I love that concept of generational equity. But let me pose the same question to you just to start it and to open up the conversation, Maurice. What do you see? Equity among, among the black community, particularly with black men, what do you see? I see a lot of people feel like they don't have options out there to grow equity. The truth of the matter is there is. And black people, mainly black men, have to understand that there's resources out there for you to look for in order for you to figure out what you're trying to do. Just because you have done something in your life doesn't mean that you're just barred from 
making money in society in general. You know, a lot of us think that that, oh, society is against us now, yada, yada, yada. And it's far from that. If anything, they trying to uplift us and bring us back together. And that's another thing with generational equity. The only way you're going to be able to build that is with understanding what money is, you know, understanding the knowledge of it and understanding how not to use your own money. Because that's how a lot of these other people are holding on to their equity. One of the, so let's, hmm? let's get into it. Let's talk about money. Yeah. Let's talk about money. I mean, let me just preface it by saying, I don't think we talk about money enough. Per, for me, I didn't grow up having those conversations about this is what it looks like, Cheryl. This is what you need to amass. I did, I did get some conversation, but um, it was a different time. So what are the money conversations? What are we needing to learn? What are we needing to say? What are we not saying? Okay. I mean, I kind of grew up the same way where um, the conversations that I had about money were more of, you know, this is what you need to make in order to have a more comfortable life. This is the profession. This is what's going to get you there. And I had a few talks about maybe stocks and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But like, I feel like now in this generation, it's finally becoming more prevalent. Like people are kind of starting to understand what money is and how to create um, generational wealth or equity, like I was saying. Um, but yeah, as I, when I grew up, it was strictly like, okay, if I make six figures, I'm on, you know, or if I get somehow become crack a million dollars and become a millionaire, you know, I'm on, but really it's more to it than that. Um, that I'm starting to figure out. Um, and I really feel like schools back when I was in like high school and stuff, they didn't really do a good job of really teaching like the value of a dollar and really do a, a good job of teaching the value of like, you know, assets and equity and, and, and all that type of stuff. It was just more of, you know, we learn here a little bit about taxes, you know, a little bit about wealth, and then, you know, they send you on your way. So, um, you know, I'm glad to see that now um, the, the there's more information, there's more resources to teach you about some of the other ways to create um, you know, wealth and, and things of that nature out there. So, yeah. Talk to me about it, Maurice. Now, as much as black people love to hold on to their cash, one of the main things I've learned with figuring out equity is credit is key. Facts. Credit is key. Don't use your money. Use the bank's money. Facts. And pay back whatever that um that bills that bill's gonna be and let that be your payment. Anything else you need, anything else you have can be paid off with that credit card. And another thing is is a lot of people think life's life insurance is just for when you die. It's not. You also use life insurance for when you live. One of the, the biggest things I learned from watching motivational speakers speak that were billionaires was that if you can just keep on putting money into your life insurance and taking that out, why do you need a bank? There's not going to be that many, that much interest rates 
on what you're taking out of that <coughs> of your life insurance compared to you going to the bank. So why not use the money from your life insurance instead of using the money from the bank? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So it all trickles down to you want to stack your money. You don't want to make your money and spend it, you know? Yeah. Spend all the other money that's around you, that's available to you. But the money that you earn is yours and is nobody else's. Yeah, I've I've kind of, like I said, my knowledge on just like credit and stuff didn't really, I didn't really grasp that until I can honestly say I got to college. I mean, yeah, you know, for the most part, it was, or the way I was thinking about it was you earn your money and you spend it. And that's really not how it should be. I mean, there's a lot more that goes into that. Like Maurice was saying, like I've, you know, a lot of people are using credit cards for everything. Debit cards are becoming something that are not really a thing anymore. You know, it's strictly credit and they're paying, you know, using that for their everyday expenses and then using that money to, you know, pay off their credit. So um, it's really a lot out there that I think the black community could really grasp and learn about uh, when it comes down to things of that nature. Um, you so know. Let me ask you all this. Let me ask you this, because you're hitting on some stuff that's really interesting to me. And when I think about equity, there's no one topic yeah, that I think right. we should talk about, especially no topics that are off limits. Right. Mm -hmm. So this idea about money, I'm interested in both of you guys to share with me. What was your money message when you were growing up? So meaning like <laughs> as you grew up, what were you taught? Or, you know, <laughs> what did your grandmother tell you about money? What did your parents tell you about money? What did you see in the churches, in the community centers, whatever it was? What were your money stories? Same and me. I think that really informs how our community responds to wealth. And Maurice, just to go back for two seconds, what you were sharing about what you learned about um, the different ways of investing and keeping and stacking your money, I think those are new money messages. And I'm wondering how much of this information, I'm no I'm no expert at it, but I'm wondering how much of this information is being passed on. So what were your money stories, gentlemen? <laughs> Mine was simple, save your money. <laughs> it was, you know, save your money. Um, don't, you know, spend your money on foolish stuff. Just like the normal lessons from just a, a, a typical African-American home. Like I said, I mean, I had conversations with my parents about, you know, stocks and trade and stuff like that, but it wasn't deep because my parents also didn't have a full knowledge of, you know, those extra options that were out there at the time. You know, we're all learning together now, you know, so it was just, you know, save your money, make as much money as you can and, um, you know, live. <laughs> Just to be simple, I mean, that's what it was for me. What about you, Mo? Um, I grew up with a, with a very big business background because my mother's pretty much been running businesses since I've been born. Even before I was born, her and my dad had a business down there in Florida. So for me, it was learning bits of business as I was getting older, like um, marketing and... So, um, supply and demand was sort of the first two things I've learned. And then the main thing that stuck with me was when my mother told me, never use your own money. Hmm. 
that's that was the first person who told me that, but I never really got it explained to me until I actually sat there and watched that motivational video. And the guy explained to me why it's like that. So I appreciate her for, for putting that in the back of my head because all it told me was whatever I do, I I have to stack onto it and I have to figure out a way for me not to use this. So over the years, I started branching out into other things. One of the best things I ever had happen to me, which is probably one of the worst things I ever had happen to me, was I was lacking credits in high school and I was on the verge of not being able to graduate. So one of the things they did for me was they put me in the GED program so I can get that extra credit. And in the GED program, I mean, yeah, I'm with people that's out there getting their GEDs, but we had a like a financial advisor class. You feel me? We had a credit class. <clears throat> like, yeah. I didn't know nothing about credit until I took that that credit class. I had I, I even had my own credit card maxed out and everything, not not knowing what it was and how to use it up until I went to that credit class and it taught me what I needed to know, but it also taught me like there's more to this money thing that meets the eye. And we can break that that matrix. Oh, the world's ours. So this is the thing. And this is where I love this conversation, especially from your perspectives, because you guys are, you know, in your 20s, right? You haven't haven't hit the big three yet. You're still in the <laughs> prime of life, prime of your 20s. That's and you're having these money messages and you're being able to take this and apply it. So what are our brothers? I just want to talk about the black men right now. What are our brothers similarly situated? What are they doing? Do you see this in your circle? That, for example, Maurice, you see people in your circle talking about, yeah, I'm not going to use my own money. No. I'm going to make sure I'm stacking money and using someone else's money to get it done. Or are we having the same antiquated traditional messages for people that you guys are connected with? Talk to me about that. I'll say it will be, for me, more traditional than what I'm preaching, because a lot of the people that I grew up around and a lot of people that I hang out with now believe in if you lose your bag, you can always get a bigger one <laughs> just based off of how good you hustle. Yeah. Now, that's a fact. You're not lying there. But at the very same time, you just blew that bag for what? It's not the right message. Dude. You could have literally added on to the bag. Why don't you want to add on to the bag instead of you saying, I can just get this again somewhere, somewhere, sometime. So a lot of my friends and, and peers and stuff, you can tell like they want to excel and stuff like that, but their mind is stagnant. And they're, they're reaching a roof where they think they see above it, but they can't really punch above it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like my circle, um, we have talks like it's, it's, it's funny because I've seen the growth from the years of like Bruce was saying, you know, we we get some money and we think we got to go out and just blow it and just spend it and get it right back mentality. But just as we've gotten older and kind of matured and, and trickled our way into the real world uh, from college, you know, we're starting to have more talks about, you know, money um, and not just like, oh, I make $100,000 a year and this is the certain percentage I need to be saving from each paycheck. It's more of like, how can I make 
my annual salary double, triple, you know, how can I, you know, hustle without hustling, if that makes sense. So, you know, it's, 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 it's really funny to see. And I mean, a lot of, a lot of the guys that I talk to, you know, uh, well, a lot of the guys that are in my circle, you know, they're talking about, you know, credit, they're talking about credit cards. You know, we have times in our group chats where, we literally have somebody educating us on like what they do with their credit card and, and what's the best way to move with that. Or so we got somebody trading options and, and how it's a loan game. We got somebody, <clears throat> you know, stocks and just all these different things that these guys are doing to, I guess, increase their money. Mm-hmm. And it's really exciting to see, because like I said, coming from me, like I, knew the basics. I didn't really have much knowledge, but having those people in your circle that maybe have done more research or that have a little more knowledge that are willing to kind of put you on game, excuse me, with stuff is helpful. So one of the best things you just said right there, I love that a lot of black people nowadays are starting to get into stocks, investings, NFTs, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You, you can kind of tell people want that knowledge. Yeah, money. I mean, know? even down to like something as simple as like Bitcoin. Like, I'm not an expert on it, but at the same time, I know like if you do it the right way, there is opportunities. There's return. You know yeah. what I'm saying? There's return opportunities for return. So I mean, like I said, it's it's more. I I'm not the expert, as I will say again, I'm not the expert. But at the same time, just being able to talk to different people, you know, it's enhanced you know, my knowledge and my will and desire to learn more and more about how, you know, yeah, I may be making X amount of dollars, but how do I make more? How do I triple that? How do I quadruple that? How do I create some type of wealth that will carry me over to my future children, to my future grandchildren and so on? So how do I take care of mommy? How do I take care of mommy and dad, you know, without having to use my, you know, my money. How how can I take care of them? How can I make sure they're good and 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 you know put them somewhere comfortable where they don't have to work or if they retire they don't have to come out of retirement. So, you know, that's where I'm at in life right now. So with all of these um these aspirations, what's y'all opinion? Do you think that we are behind the eight ball or? Are we right on target in terms of our knowledge, our push, we our there. hustle? We definitely been there. We, yeah. I'll say it's 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 <coughs> it's the middle of not being there yet and us being there. Yeah. So it's just like how Daryl was saying, like we're we're just getting there because the knowledge is starting to be put out there more now that we have things like social media and, I'm gonna and t- YouTube and stuff like that. And I hate to cut you off, I'm sorry, but I'm going to tell you how I know we're getting there. Because if you remember like how I'm going to use just like rappers, for instance, how they was just, you know, gave off the message like, you know, the, the blowing the bag and clothes. Man, it's more rappers and athletes out here really investing and, you know, trying to make more money for themselves and creating all these businesses and opportunities. Now it's leaving a positive influence on you know, our generation oh, yes. and some of the lower, like there's no longer too many rappers or athletes or celebrities really talking about, yeah, I'm blowing all my money at the strip club. I'm blowing all my money mm-hmm. on clothes. I'm blowing all my money on this, on licking, all like, it's like, 
I'm my bag big and I'm finna make my bag even bigger. So and so this, the messaging is changing. The whole message is changing. Yeah, and it's so changing. We're following the culture. Exactly. Because it was, I mean, it was a, a recipe for disaster, you know, in the early 2000s. You know, we people wanted to be like the people they saw on TV and they listened to. Hip hop <coughs> had to go through a lot to get here, though, because yeah. a lot of the realization is, is that a lot of these rappers were getting raped in their contract deals. And they started realizing that when you got these dudes, as soon as their contracts are up, they're... No, nobody knows about him no more. Yeah, they fell off. Like nobody knows about Trinidad James no more. You don't hear nothing about Young Jock, Young Snappy, right. all them, all them other dudes. Like, but with that being said, because hip hop's not going to last forever. The people that I have respect for are like the the masterpiece, the Jay Z, the Jay Z's. Not not even just Jay Z's. Like Soulja Boy is one of the Biggest people in our generation so far because to me, he's somebody who's constantly making something out of nothing. Yeah, he's hustling. He's and that's what he's I, truly that, hustling. That goes back to the point I meant about hustling without actually having to hustling. I mean, hustle. So like Soldier Boy, you know, he's got a hustling mentality. His mindset is like, what can I do to not only stay relevant, but what can I do to make him a, a bigger bag? I mean, I think he has like a, a whole video game console that. You know what I'm saying? That is shoes, lemonade. Different. Yeah, like he's got just random stuff, but it works for him because people know his mentality is to hustle. So they have no choice but to be interested and invest in it. And it's not I like mean, it's bad quality stuff. Like you just actually Kanye. Stuff. Kanye. I mean, Kanye is one of, you know, one of my biggest people that I look up to when it comes to like creating his own brand and having like all these different LeBron James, too. I mean, these are people that have such a heavy influence on the culture, the black culture, if that the black culture that, you know, you're seeing LeBron James with the with the the Lobos tequila. You see him with deal. You see him with the the school that he's made. You see him in all these the Nike commercials, like all this. You see Kanye got his own his own wave, you know, the Yeezy. Everything. Kanye got his own everything. But so has the hustle changed, y'all? Has the hustle changed? Or are we still valuing the hustle that's in the street and the work ethic that's in the street? Or are we really valuing the stocks and the investments and the using other people's no. money and the money messages? Talk to me, guys. I peep, I peep this going over time. People would rather deal with negativity so they can have something to complain about. And that's not everybody. Some people just can't leave their situations. You feel me? But there are a lot of people who are rather being in a negative situation so they can have something to complain about and complain to somebody about, then try to better themselves so they don't have to complain. So they will rather still stick with the with the with the street money. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Doing doing street antics and I feel like it, it depends on the the environment that you're in. I mean, that's, like, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if, you're, if you're in a situation where you can't just leave your environment due to what it is and how you how you were raised, that's a whole different story. Yeah, but if you're somebody who has the tools and the opportunities to better yourself, but you you yourself are saying no, I want to still do this. That's bummer. That's you. That's you choosing negativity so you can have something to complain about because you feel like that negativity is giving you substance in your life. Yeah, and and I agree with that because I feel like the culture now is like everybody is 
the, our generation, you know, what what is this generation Generation Z? What are we on X Z Y? Generation Z. Yeah, TikTok babies. I'll just use that. You know, that you got the '90s kids, and then you got the TikTok babies. I feel like just our mentality is different, even on our professional jobs. Like we ain't sticking around. You know, if if we can't get more opportunity after so many years, like we are trying to look for the the next bag. You know, so the mentality, the hustling is still there. Don't get me wrong. And I, you know, my dad, a hustler, hustling mentality, very intelligent, you know, got his corporate job, but then he got his hustles too. And they legit. So, you know, just by that, he's making, creating opportunities for our family. So I I love it, but not too many people are old school like that no Mm -hmm. more. You know, so you got people craving opportunities to get to a bigger bag whether like i said that is you got content creators now you got the whole social media presence People you got have their own clothing entertainment brand. you got you know, clothing brands you got you know pr like just a lot of different things now that and, and it, like i said it goes back to just our our our, our just our our chance of opportunity you know, the hustling has changed a little bit, but it's still the same. I do feel like the mentality is a little different as far as, you know, we don't, like I said, our generation, we're not in the streets like that. You mm-hmm. know, we're not trapping. We're not doing that like that no more. It's, 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 a, it's a different kind of trap now. Yeah. It, thank you. It's a different kind of trap. You know, you're not going to see too many kids, you know, trying to, you know, be on the corner and stuff like that, that, that don't even look right to us no more. And I'm not judging nobody for that because get it how you live, but that just don't look, that don't look player to us no more. So, you know. So is that the progression of equity gentlemen? So have, have we seen what your parents have experienced Yes. and what my generation has experienced and what my parents have experienced. And now there's, you know, there's more opportunity there's, what do you think? There's more opportunity, but there's also a desire to I seen how my parents change. How my parents, you know, maybe struggled to do this. You want I'm change. not gonna do that. You want change. You know, yeah, I'm not gonna I don't want them to have to struggle and I'm I don't want to struggle. So I'm gonna take the opportunities that are being presented now that weren't presented back then and do something with them. You know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the most out of the opportunities. That are because I mean we're in the 21st century. The technology has taken over. We don't even use paper anymore if we really want to talk about it. So just with how technology has changed, how just life has changed from the 90s and the 80s and the 70s, it's so many more, so much out there, and we have developed a mentality where we're not scared. I love it, guys. I'm going to put a pause here. Otherwise, we're going to just keep on talking. Thank you for talking with me. And I know we got to keep this message going. I appreciate y'all so much. Y'all are amazing. That was a great segment. Thanks for listening in today. Special thanks to our executive producer, David DeRoche, and the amazing team at Quinnipiac University. Music is provided by Audio Hero from their Jazz Lounge album. To connect with this show on Instagram, find us at Fluid Truth. That is Fluid Truth, F-L-U-I-D-T-R-U-T-H. 
To learn more about all of our podcasts, visit qu.edu slash podcast. You can listen to our podcast on the platform or app of your choice. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at QU Podcasts. If you have a story to share or something you want to talk about, find us on social media or just shoot us an email. The address is qupodcast at qu.edu. All right. That's it for today. Till next time.